Robin Hauser is a documentary filmmaker who makes films about female empowerment, an expression she prefers to feminist or feminism. Her last film was called Bias, and that's a theme very evident in her latest work, Savvy, showing at the Santa Barbara Film Festival, both at the drive-ins and online from April the 1st to April the 10th. Yeah, I'd like to call it female empowerment because as you yes. know, to some feminism still has sort of negative connotations, certainly not to me and hopefully not to you, but, but to some it's sort of people react a little bit, uh, I don't know, it's got a little bit of an edge to it. So I like to say female empowerment, but, um, and education, and again, not exclusively to women, right? Her previous film, Bias, dealt with implicit bias that works against women in the workforce, as well as in the world of finance. Bias was, was really about unconscious bias and you um, looking at how particularly gender and racial bias, of course, we, there are hundreds of biases out there, but for the, for the purpose of bias documentary, I focused on gender and, and racial bias um, and the microaggressions, right? But unconscious bias. And absolutely, when you think about women and money, um, I think a pretty solid reason why women tend uh, to abdicate major financial decisions to somebody else, whether that's their husband, their partner, their, you know, just somebody else in their lives, um, is, is partly based on these stereotypes that are, you know, about gender differences, that women aren't as good at math, that, um, you know, finance is a man's territory, and it really shouldn't be so. How does such bias arise when there are, and are there simple answers? I don't, I don't think there's a simple answer. In fact, if I think there, if there were, I probably wouldn't have enough material, material to make a documentary film about Good this. Good point. Um, but I, I do think that part of it is societal messaging, right? I think there's also something I call the Cinderella effect, which is that, and I don't know if this is biological or cultural, but women just, in some ways, just want to be taken care of. Women also deal with so much else. We take care of, of, of our children and the household and many of us have jobs on the side of all that. So when it comes to dealing with money, um, sometimes it's the easiest to just let somebody else handle it. But here's why this is so important. Because even if you're in a really good relationship with somebody, even if you're you know, independent, but you're in a great marriage, if you don't know about your money or if you're not savvy about your money situation, you could be in a, you know, a horrible place if you suddenly became widowed, if you became divorced, um, or if some sort of a, an emergency or crisis like COVID and you lost your job um, and you didn't have, say, emergency savings, right? But not knowing how much money you have, whether you have money in savings, who holds your mortgage, whether you have insurance, all of these things are so important and yet not very sexy, right? What about basic financial education? Is this taught in schools? Yeah, only seven states in the United States, only seven have standalone financial courses in high school. So this is something that has essentially been wiped out of, um, of the school curriculum. And some would argue that even if it were taught in school, personal finance, if it's not relevant to somebody at that age, right? If you're teaching a 12 year old about compounding interest, it's probably not gonna really stick, right? But 
age-appropriate education about money is so important and it should start early. And if you are in a household where your parents know more about money than, than you do, then, or that you know, as children, then that's fabulous. Um, and hopefully what we're learning from them, the messaging we're getting from them is, you know, something that is, that is healthy and practical around money. Um, Brad, Dr. Brad Klontz talks about money scripts, which is these um, sort of, we, we inherit these thoughts about money from our parents. So if our parents are constantly stressed about money or if they're constantly fighting about money, then money to us becomes, you know, something that's taboo or something that's negative. And of course, then you want to sort of shy away from it or leave it to somebody else. We also tend to look at ourselves as, yeah, our future selves are perfect, right? We always think, oh, well, when I'm 30, I'll have it together. Or when I'm 40, I'll start saving, I'll start investing. And yet, and so because we look at our future selves as being more perfect than we are now, we don't spend a lot of time, um, you know, financing that future. We don't, or taking care of. Whereas those people that are savvy with, say, investing and savings knows that the time to start saving is now, right? Because it's not so much timing for the stock market or for investing as much as it is time. How much time are you in the market? That's what's important. So fascinating, right? Um, uh, and interesting. And I think you're right. The, the education needs to come from our parents, from school. But in many cases, if a, if a kid, a teenager does learn it in school, they actually then are able to go home and teach their parents. Over half of American women are unprepared for financial independence. But there is help beyond the classroom, even on the internet. But are younger women, millennials, better prepared than their mothers? Yeah, I, I, I agree, Harry. That is one of the facts that was most shocking to me when I began to dig into um, this subject. So it, I think we'd all agree that our grandmothers, perhaps if she were typical, um, probably left money to her husband. And same thing perhaps with our parents. But what's especially shocking is that this is not a trend that's getting better. Millennial women, there's a higher percentage of millennial women than any other generation that is abdicating financial decisions to the men in their lives. And you know why is that? That's a problem. There are also the questions of mortgages and pensions. So what happens then is they suddenly seek a financial advisor when they're going through trauma. They're going through the death of a husband or they're going through um, suddenly being divorced um, or they're going through a financial crisis. And that of course we know is the worst time to have to suddenly on top of the grief you're going through or you know, to have to be worrying about money. So understanding and educating. And by the way, it's okay if you and your marriage and your partnership decide that your partner is better at handling long-term investing, then that's okay. As long as you know where the money's going, how much money's going into it, what type of debt you have, what type of cash reserves you have, who, who holds the mortgage on your house. These are, you just need to be aware of these things. There's also a problem with credit cards without advice or instruction. If you don't have a credit card, it's hard to establish credit. 
Yeah. Therefore, we're all incentivized and we incentivize our, our college kids to start their own credit by getting a credit card. But whoever teaches you, certainly not the banks, who reads the fine print? Does anybody actually sit down and teach you that paying the minimum every month is going to get you in a lot of debt, right? What is the interest rate? What's the, what's the interest rate on that credit card? Is it 30%? It might be. And, and what happens? You know, what are the negative um, characteristics of compounding interest? We have a, in do a savvy documentary, we have a story about a young woman who's first generation American. She's on a full ride scholarship to an Ivy League school. She walks out of class one day and there's a tent set up giving away free pizza and free t-shirts. All you have to do is sign up for a credit card. And she thought, well, certainly I don't qualify. Neither of my parents even have, you know, they're immigrants from Dominican Republic. They don't have a credit card. No, no, absolutely sign here. Nobody ever taught her how to handle the credit card. And so, you know, the bank didn't for certain. So she ended up with over $20,000 in credit card debt as, as, a, as a college student. And it took her a long time to pay that off. Those are types of things that I really believe institutions should be teaching. Robin also introduces us to a couple of the women financial advisors who've made it their job and vocation to teach women about financial pitfalls to avoid. Sure. Uh, Christelle Turkowitz is, is um, a, a woman who is in our film who helps uh, other women who are going through divorce. I and see. She is a financial manager herself, and she tells a pretty compelling story about how even though she had been in the business for 20 years as a wealth manager, when she went through divorce, she made classic mistakes, right? She left money on the table. She kept the family house, which is not an equal asset to say the stock portfolio. Um, you know, there's, there's depreciation and there's the mortgage and there's wear and tear and there's insurance. And many women make that mistake by keeping the family house. Um, so Christelle tells uh, some great stories. And in, in Savvy Documentary, we see her meeting with a young woman who's going through divorce and helping to coach her along financially so that she this young woman understands how she's going to make it, um, how she's going to be able to survive, and what things she should negotiate uh, during her divorce. There's also uh, Rachel Robasciati, who runs a company called Adesina Capital, and um, she reaches out to primarily women and um, non-binary uh, individuals who want to um, invest with sort of social impact in mind. So um, she noticed a growing trend of women who really wanted to, women and, and queer people, as she says, who wanted to feel good about the investments they're making. And they wanted to make sure that their money was going to some sort of, you know, um, environmental social good, ESG. Good. Yeah. And um, so she's, that, Rachel is, a, is, is really a, a wonderfully brilliant woman who um, has found her own niche. Um, to help people understand and sort of to uh, demystify this whole investment world. Finally, Robin does include some humor in the film. Always a good idea to humanize the seriousness of a topic. A little sugar really does help the medicine go down. And it's an important movie with an always timely message. It can be seen on demand at home or on TV, on computer from April the 1st until the 10th. And there are a couple of screenings of the drive-ins at City College parking lot. 
Saturday, April the 3rd at 3.30, Monday, April the 5th, 8.30 a.m. And that, of course, is The Breakfast Club. This is Harry Lawton reporting. Okay, Aubrey, 